Azili. And I'm Lee Willis. And you are listening to the SCC Family Ministry Podcast. In today's episode, we're going to be discussing with you when to report a dangerous situation. We know parenting can be hard, but the moments that make it probably the hardest are the ones we're going to talk about today. When we talk about harming ourselves, harming others, or being harmed ourselves. This is never more true than when a kid or student is in danger. If you suspect or even know your kid or or a student or even another kid or student is being harmed or causing harm, your quick response is so important. But what should you do and when and under what circumstance? How do you know you're not overreacting or underreacting? The good news is your local government, your church here at SEC, and even the schools you attend have already had strategies put in place. So if you're not sure, please ask. And I want you to know, too, as we go dive into this, that Jess and I are here. We're here to meet with your students, meet with you, help get you any info we can help you with through these times. In general, though, here's when you should report a dangerous situation. Yeah, so what we're going to do is we're just going to talk through a couple of things and uh, the things that we're getting ready to share with you, Lee and I actually work really hard when we talk with kids or students about how if any of these kind of conversations come up in our counseling sessions, uh, we have to let somebody know. Like somebody has to be aware that this is actually taking place and we work with the kids and students to figure out who is that safe person that we can start having these conversations with. Mm-hmm. But one of the first ones is just recognizing when a kid is harming themselves. So eating disorders, cutting, burning, scratching, suicidal thoughts, drug or alcohol use. These are all ways that kids or students might be harming or even just thinking about harming themselves and their own bodies. So you need to look for physical signs and listen for any concerning comments, jokes, or questions kids might verbalize. Um, And recognizing that, yeah, we're a team and we're going to actually work together on this. Yeah, another way and a thing to be looking for, especially if you allow kids or students into your home or you're part of a sports team or any other activities, to be aware of when your kids or your student are harming others even. The way to focus on that, are they hitting people? Are they bullying Do you know about their use on social media or online? Because honestly, a lot of harassment is starting to come more from social media and online use now than it is out in public. There's also physical and emotional abuse. There's even sexual harassment and abuse that way. And it's hard to hear that, but these are all topics being discussed in our culture now through kids and students both. Even our own kids or students, or even ones we would already say we trust and love that aren't ours, are capable behaviors that go beyond the typical, and we want to hit that typical childhood or adolescent behavior. Now, we've had parents go, well, what if my kid bites? Well, if your kid's in high school and biting, (laughs) I'm going to be curious to go know why they're biting in high school. That would be dangerous. (laughs) That would be dangerous. Uh, but if they're biting, like when they're a two-year-old... Yeah, that's age-appropriate. Yeah, there's there's difference. And that's where we need to learn together what is age-appropriate, what is typical of that age, and what is not. Because those will be signs to help us know when it's starting to get dangerous. But here's the truth. 
Either way, we need to confront it if we suspect it or hear about it, because the longer we wait, the more potential danger can happen. Yeah, and then the other one is just when they're being harmed. So it might seem unlikely that your kids or kids that you know could ever become victims of bullying or online harassment or grooming, physical or emotional abuse, sexual abuse, but statistically, it's just very possible Um, especially talking about the online bullying piece. A lot of times kids and students, they won't talk about that with you, um, partly because they don't want you stomping into the school and making a big scene because that actually could make things worse for them. And so they feel kind of stuck on even how to have these conversations because they see no outcome. They see no way of getting out from underneath it. So we actually need to work together and getting a plan together Um, when you're noticing that either your kid or student or somebody that you know is actually experiencing harm. Um, But the signs of abuse can actually vary, though. So be on the lookout for anything that sounds dangerous or painful or manipulative, Um, especially with young kids. um, When they're talking to you, um, maybe even having the conversation that adults should never ask you to keep secrets, Um, especially um, secrets that are scary or have to deal with their body. Um, Now, like, a secret for a birthday party, like, we need to not share a gift or share, like, a surprise that's taking place. Those are good things. And giving your kids examples of here's good secrets to keep and silly secrets to keep. But if an adult asks you to keep a secret that makes you feel uncomfortable, uh, those are things that they need to talk about and bring to you. Um, And so just giving your kids the right language, giving them the tools ahead of time, when they are being harmed or they feel stuck or they feel unsafe, they actually know that they can go to you and they have the language to be able to communicate with you what's actually going on. Yeah, one thing I want to add to that too is with the online thing, don't punish your kid or student because they're possibly being harassed online. I've met with a few families and the child or student feels like they're being punished because the parents will instantly take away all online social media use for their child or student. And yes, we want to keep them safe and set up healthy boundaries, but we don't want to punish the kid or student for what they're having happen to them. So you got to wrestle with that. Like, what is a healthy boundary? What does it look like? But please, please, please don't make them feel like they're being punished because that'll just add to the conflict of what's happening in their life from other people. One last thing we want to talk about before we end today, too, and Jess will end us this day, uh, is just this idea of lies. There are a lot of lies out there that students start believing that we just want to name. And so we just did in our high school ministry a talk on suicide just recently, actually. And one of the things we talked to the students about are some of these lies. And one of the lies is quit. Just quit. And quitting in a lot of times, unfortunately, means ending your life. And so we want to help students not quit. We want to help them see the hope in Jesus. We want them to see hope in life. We want them to see hope in their relationships. But yet, there we if we're honest, there's an evil one out there that wants us to quit. And so that's one lie that we want to combat. Another one is we're alone. We don't believe we're alone. We know we're not alone, but you start to feel alone. And in these moments, and I think all of us have faced these at times in our life, no matter what the topic is, the easiest answer and the biggest struggle is getting alone. Mm. And when we're alone, that's when we feel like there's no hope. We feel like there's no future. We feel like there's no good answer and all these things. So how do we help people not go alone in these moments of possible danger? The last two I want to hit kind of go together. 
One, we just need to help people know they're loved. A big lie a lot of these people start believing is they're not loved. And even though they might have you as a parent or guardian or other people in their life that love them, they might start struggling that people actually love them because of that person's picking on them or that person mistreated them. Mm. And then the other one is when it comes to quitting and not feeling that you're alone or feeling you're not loved is then people feel like I won't be missed. And so it's easy to push that quit button on their own life. And so we just want to help people know they will be missed if they decide to go. And I told our students, our high school students, if I do a funeral because you decided to quit, that's going to hurt my heart more than if God said it was your time. And I'm not trying to be awkward with this or anything, but we want people to know you're going to be missed because that's the truth. We love people and we care for people and we want to know they're important to us. And the other piece with that, with kids, um, especially the preteen age, there's almost this element of like, if I end things, um, I can start over. Mm. Like it's, it's not, I, I can make sure that I communicate what I'm feeling by making this choice with people and that somehow or another, they're going to get a redo. And I think that's the part we've got to help our kids understand. There is no redo when you make that choice to end your life. There is none, there isn't that. Um, the second cause of death right now, um, in 11 year olds is suicide. Mm. And we're not trying to, again, um, be a Debbie Downer. <laughs> this is a hard topic. It's a hard topic for us. Um, but we're seeing this more and more and more. And, and Lee, I wonder if some of that has to do with COVID and part of the isolation piece. I know we've seen it a lot in adults, um, but I've noticed in kids just because of everything that we've been going through as a country um, and as just a community and as a culture um, that has you know, made this, this kind of topic even more prevalent today. Oh, yeah. I mean, these last two years, the statistics of mental health and suicide and all these things of danger that we're talking about today have very much risen. Um, and so I think this is why it's important to have these discussions. And take it serious. Yeah, and take it serious. I mean, and that's part of what I told my students Sunday night when we talked about suicide is this isn't a fun topic. Do we want to avoid it? Yeah, but we have to talk about it, especially in the church. Yes. Because we care for people and we love people, and this has got to be a place we can have these discussions so we can help people know, don't quit, you're not alone, you are loved, you will be missed, and we can start fighting these lies the evil one is trying to do. Yeah, I love that. So as a community, um, it's our responsibility to do everything in our power to keep our kids and our students safe. And again, that's what Lee and I are here for. That's part of the reason why we said yes um, to serving kids and serving students was to help bring, um, yeah, just another voice, uh, helping them see those lies and helping them see that they are loved and not only loved by us, but by, by being loved by their creator, that God loves them mm-hmm. so much. And so um, our goal in this is just to help you be aware, um, be present, get ready to act, um, really start listening, have those conversations with your kids. Do you know when to call in reinforcements? If you're questioning that at all, again, we are we are here for you. And so you can always reach us by emailing us at jessica at shelbychurch.org. You can also email us at uh, lee at shelbychurch.org. We have a lot of resources on insidescc.org backslash families. And so if you need anything, if you've got questions, leave it in the show notes, Um, send us a message. We would love to share with you more about ways that you can help protect your kids um, from keeping them from harming themselves, harming others, or being harmed.